What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com, here with a name you know, but now you know him by a bit of a different name. The former cheeseburger, now the world-famous CB. How's it going? Going good, Sean. I'm, like I was saying, I'm glad we finally get to do this. Like uh, We've been Twitter friends, I guess, for a while, <laughs> but we've never done an interview together. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I mean, when I thought about that, I was like, man, that's mind-boggling because there's so so much stuff that you've done and I haven't had the opportunity to ask you about. So, I mean, there's going to be some stuff that I'm sure you, you've you answered ad nauseum, but, uh, man, you, you've done an awful lot. I mean, you've been with Ring of Honor since, like, what, 2015 now? No, no, since uh, 2010, actually. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 2010. I started uh, at the ROH Dojo in 2010. And I I started training at like 17 there. And then I was just going to all the shows, helping out. And my first official like Ring of Honor match was 2013, though. My gosh. So you've seen you've seen things come. You've seen them go. You've seen oh, yeah. regime changes. You've seen all that. And oh. right now you all have the, the power of, of a syndication company behind you guys. It's, I always say it's very easy to watch Ring of Honor. Like they make it incredibly easy. It helps when the syndication company that broadcasts you is like, yeah, put it on your website too. I mean, that's good for yeah. us. Uh, the, the commercials still run on there. It, it's so easy to watch it. What have you noticed changed the most since you first got to ring of honor? Uh, just the scale of everything. Uh, when I started, I came in and started training like right at the tail end of HD net. So I was a, like my first ring of honor weekend doing ring crew was those last HD net tapings at the, uh, the arena. And just seeing how that was run and uh, from a ring crew perspective, also from a production perspective, uh, television perspective, all that, to see like how it's progressed and just like with the, when Sinclair first took over the company, like how our TV show looked and the feel of it. And then just seeing us get better cameras, a bigger stage, uh, better graphics, like uh, better editing, all that stuff uh, and bigger arenas, bigger crowds, everything. It's, I, I, I've seen the, transition from the uh highest of highs with us to like the lowest of lows like the highest of highs again to the lowest of lows of that whole peak all those peaks and valleys i was there for and there, there have been a lot of different production methods from from the hd net stuff to destination america comet to to sinclair oh, yeah. broadcasting like there's a lot of different stuff there you'll have appeared on a lot of different things but uh one of one of the things that has changed for you as i mentioned on the top of the show is is your name what motivated that change for you uh, it was just a product of I was sitting around for so long during the lockdown, during that initial like eight month lockdown, and I I knew at I knew like a year before that I wanted to kind of move on from cheeseburger, uh, but I just didn't know how to start the process. It, it's kind of hard to just kind of reset when you're in the middle of doing something and being booked all the time as that. But with lockdown, with no shows, I was like, oh, well, this is a chance for me to finally take that step. And reinvent myself and kind of move on and just figure out how to take the cheese, like the aspects of cheeseburger and kind of evolve them, mature them a, a bit and evolve into a more serious uh, character. But like the, the the term I like to use with it is cheeseburger was kind of a character who was also a wrestler, but now world famous CB is a wrestler who is also a character. I love that. And I mean, we've seen this happen before, like, EC3, I, I don't even think he goes by Ethan Carter the third anymore. I think he goes by nah. just EC3. So, I mean, like, like it is a natural progression. And uh, so when, when you 
when you have a name like Cheeseburger, I mean, obviously there was some charm to that too because you're, you're a thin guy, and it's like, okay, Cheeseburger, we yeah. get it. You became right. <laughs> became became beloved for that as well. But I mean, also you're advancing into a new stage of your career, like, mm. and I want to talk about the pure rules stuff later on. But mm. obviously, you're, you're training nonstop. You've been wrestling for over a decade now. It seems yeah. like a natural evolution and a natural progression, and you not just wanting to stick to this one thing that maybe people found you with. Yeah, it was uh, uh, one of those things where it's like, all right, I've been doing, I, I started, my first match for Ring of Honor was 2013, and I was kind of like the star of the cheeseburger character. And that just happened completely by accident. That was just completely, I did the segment with Charlie Haas, and he beat me up, and the, he called me cheeseburger on the mic, and fans started chanting. I mean, that was, that was already my nickname in the yeah. locker room anyway, but he just called me that, and people started chanting it, and, my boss was like, oh, we might have something here. And I, I remember right away thinking like, oh, man, I got to wrestle this cheeseburger. It's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> but it like it it got me like so many opportunities just because it was the thing I always heard about cheeseburger would be like, especially if I did like small indie shows, they'd be like, oh, man, like my kid, like really like that guy named cheeseburger or, or we remember your name because it was cheeseburger uh, or like you came out with like the burger hat or had burgers in your gear. So it was always memorable for people. It was fun. Uh People really enjoyed it. Uh, they supported me for so long as it. Uh, but I knew, like, for me personally, I was like, I'm not satisfied just kind of coasting on that, I guess. And I knew that cheeseburger was always going to kind of be a barrier to the success that I wanted to have. Like, the like moving up the card, uh, winning championships, like, all that. I knew I could do it as cheeseburger, but it was going to be kind of like trying to progress with like an anchor tied to me so I, I just knew it was time to make a change and thankfully I'm, I'm glad people have uh have supported it thus far so I mean did, did was there ever a point that you had regretted using that name or were you just like man the positive outweighs the negative this helped me out so much and again you mentioned those positive interactions like there are a few things that can replicate like a kid being like I like you that that inspired me that was cool that was memorable because I mean that's that ultimately takes you back to why you love wrestling to begin with. Right. Yeah. I, I hated the first, uh, it took me a while to come around to it, to it, be honest. I don't think people actually realize like how, like right away, uh, from like 2013 to maybe about like, maybe about like my first tour of Japan was probably when I first started. So I kind of come around to it when like, I, when I realized like how much like the Japanese crowd like loved it. So for, I guess for about like 2013 to like 2016, like I was just like, man, I, I don't know about this. Like, uh, and then like, once I like got to Japan, like, people like really embraced cheeseburger. I was like, okay, maybe this is like, this is actually like, this is actually like working. And speaking of Japan, I mean, I, I'll never forget that, that new Japan rumble. I mean, what's, <laughs> what's it like to get that call that you're going over there? Because I mean, I, I remember, you know, it's one of those, those, in the wee hour of the morning things and like Twitter exploded with positivity. <laughs> they were like, he's here with cheeseburgers here. Like, and I'm sure that when you logged on, it was, it was an explosion as well, but please walk me through getting that call and just being told, Hey, you're going to go to the Tokyo dome. It, it was man. I, I still remember it to this day. I was just sitting in my room and I get, um, I get a call from, uh, from my boss, uh, all right, no, I get a call from actually Jeff Jones, I think. He calls me, and then he's like, hey, I'm going to put you on a uh, three-way call with, uh, with Delirious. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, right away, I'm like, 
all right, a three-way call with two people from the office. That's uh, can I get like fired or something? I'm like, I'm like that's like that. Like never like happened. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. So then they they call me. They're like, oh yeah, they're uh, you know, New Japan wants to you know bring you over. Uh, and that's a whole other story I can get into, like why they brought me to the dome sure. in the first place. But um, they called me. They're like, hey, New Japan wants to bring you over to the dome. Like uh, like you're your book for uh your book for the tokyo dome uh, so like i remember just like sitting there just in like like my jaw like dropped like just sitting there and like oh and they were like oh hey are you still there like <laughs> i'm like i'm just like speechless like i almost like dropped the phone out of my hand i because going to even before wrestling i always uh like went to go to japan and then when i got into wrestling like my goal was never like say like i mean i thought it would be cool but my goal was never like to get to wwe it was always to wrestle in japan that was the style of wrestling i was a fan of like you know, New Japan, like all Japan, uh, and, you know, especially guys like Liger, like Great Sasuke, like Ultimate Dragon, like all those guys, I, they made me really fall in love with wrestling. Going to Japan was always, always like that top dream for me. And uh, so, so, I mean, yeah, explain to us like why, why you were going there. Was it something different? Was it something besides the New Japan Rumble? So it was the way I the way the initial first tour happened, and I, I like to tell this to my students because it's actually like a a really good lesson in terms of just like how to treat people and how to be helpful to people and how to just kind of like try and help people but not expect anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when New Japan guys were coming, I think they first came twenty fourteen. They came in twenty fifteen, and I went over twenty sixteen. So twenty fourteen, they were staying in king of prussia i believe uh like and i was kind of like the closest like person like in on the roster like to them especially like as a student at the time um and it was just like hey these guys are here for like the next few days in king of prussia like can you help them out if they need like a ride anywhere if they want to go like philly or something like that like can you take them around like uh so i was like sure so i was kind of like their their ride while they were here for a few like a few off days and um you know, me and my friend, we took them to Philly. We showed them around. They wanted to see all the, uh, like, a bunch of the guys that were there at the time. They wanted to see all the stuff from Rocky. Uh, we took them to a, bu- all, a bunch of monuments from Rocky and I think something else in, in, in Philly. We took them to, like, the Rocky statue, like, Rocky's house, like, Mickey's gym, like, Adrian's pet, like, all that stuff. They wanted to just kind of go around and see everything. Um, and, you know, they were very, very, you know, all the guys there in each fan are awesome. They were very thankful. So then when they came back in 2015, it was just like, hey, uh, do you want to like take care of them again? Do you want to like show them around and everything? So I just be kind of came that person that was like, all right, uh, they trust you to kind of show them around and kind of take care of them while they're here uh, and just make sure they get to the shows and everything and, and take care of them during the off days. So, um, and then that a few months later, I got the call from the Tokyo Dome and, and literally I was told like, they booked me like for the Tokyo Dome just as like a thank you. Like, hey, thank you for taking care of us when we we're in the That's America. awesome. That's... So, yeah, that, that it, it just, yeah. That is so I, cool. And yeah, I never would have in my wildest dreams expected that. And then you're back the next year. I mean, well, you're back the next night. Then you're back the next yeah. year and New Year's Dash for that. And then the next year and then New Year's Dash for that. So and they, they bring you back even more, like a couple times after that, I, too. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, my, I, I'm starting to realize this now. My wrestling career is just a series of just like coincidences with like <laughs> so I, so or, originally i was booked for i was booked just for the tokyo dome the uh uh just just for the rumble mm-hmm. i wasn't originally booked for cork in the next day in new year's dash but uh because of the reception i got like that first that when i came out the rumble at the tokyo dome they ended up booking me the next day for cork and hall for and like the 10-man tag 
And then after that, it was just like, oh, the crowd likes this guy, so let's start bringing him back for like regular, uh, like regular Rumble appearances. I love that they're just like, oh, good reaction. Let's put him in the ring with Liger and Tiger Mask and like Fujiwara <laughs> yeah. and people like that. Oh, yeah, all the legend, all the. I was like, this, that that man, I was like, just seeing like the lineup. Like, I had no idea like what I was gonna do the next day, and uh, I saw the lineup. I'm like looking at the list of names. It's like, like yeah, Fujiwara, like Tiger Mask, like. Like Liger, like I'm like, oh man, I think uh, Saito was in there. Um, someone else was in there. Maybe it was. I can't the, remember who the teams were. But like, that, it was like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just like one of those things. I'm just reading the lineup. And I'm just like, I don't belong here right now. <laughs> the, the next year was even more interesting to me because, like, you're oh, yeah. in there at New Year Dash with like Omega and Scott. Norton, yeah. <laughs> who is like the nicest guy. Oh, I interviewed Scott Norton. He's so nice. I interviewed Scott Norton, and he spent the entire time putting over NWO Sting. The whole time. He was just like, oh, nice. this guy was oh, so man. over. This guy was so over. He's wonderful. Dude, he's so, he's such a nice guy. I, I hung out with him and his wife uh, in Japan. And there's, oh my God. I, I he, he's like, you know, super intimidating when you first meet him. Yeah. Scott Norton is huge, you know, but like super nice guy. And one of the things that actually like, um, like all, every time I went to Japan, I was super nervous. Um, but I remember like being super nervous for like the second dome. And I remember this is actually kind of a weird story, but like what helped kind of calm me down a little bit was I remember like I was kind of sitting there, gorilla, and Scott Norton, I think, was going to go out either like after me or like before me. And I saw him, and that, you know, his first time back in Japan for like a long time. And I could see like he was kind of like nervous. And that like kind of calmed me down. I was like, well, all right, if, if someone like, of Scott Norton's level can get nervous too. Like, oh, like right, it's okay to be nervous. And I was kind of like, start to kind of like relax a little bit. Man, that, that's amazing. And obviously there was the, the Jushin Thunder Liger thing where, I mean, you all were tied together yeah. for, for so much. Yeah. I mean, that's got to feel good that a legend like that is like, this is, this show is sponsored by better help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. Guy, like, I want to be on screen yeah. with him more. Because quite <laughs> frankly, if Liger doesn't want to be on screen with you, he's not. you're not going to be on screen with him. Oh, man, he's uh, – Liger is, I always say, he's like the epitome of what 
I think a legend is like he is a guy that is just you know obviously a fantastic wrestler has a huge career of accolades big matches all that but is still so willing to not only be humble but help the younger generation give them advice uh like just open to new ideas uh and just in general just like he like a guy of his stature could flex like his legend status like all he wants you know nobody would complain but he's just like just an uh just a great guy to be around and talk to and just so like just chill and like relax and so humble and just like so cool and so helpful to be around like I, I'm so glad to have that to have had that opportunity to just tag with him and like learn from him and everything and man he like it was he was my favorite wrestler or he is my favorite wrestler like and I remember I was like we were out to dinner one time and Liger wasn't there like with the train guys they asked me who my favorite wrestler was and I told them it was Liger uh, and I was like, oh, cool. He's not here. So I can actually like say like, it's like, it's like, you know, um, and then I think they, they like told him the next day. And like, after we took him to Philly, he had given me like a new Japan shirt. And like, like I get about me even like asking, he like, all, like drew like a little Liger picture oh, on it and cool. autographed it like, like to cheeseburger. That is so cool. And I mean, you're, you're one of the few guys that hasn't been a WWE that has, and probably has, and hasn't been contracted technically to new Japan that worked MSG and the Tokyo dome. I mean, that, that's got to be really cool, too. ROH did that show there, and, and your work in Madison Square Garden. And, I mean, all this happens within a few years of one another. I mean, what's like, what's the kid in you thinking when you're working these these insane venues? It's just like, man, uh, I, you know, I, at 17, I decided to go into wrestling school, and I remember I was like, man, I'm way too small to be a wrestler. So I'm going to train to be a manager. So I, like I initially start my training as a manager and then we start learning wrestling. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm like really small and skinny, but picking up this like wrestling stuff really well. Like, especially like the chain wrestling stuff, which actually ties into the pure rule stuff we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, but like, I was like, man, I'm really starting to pick up this wrestling stuff. Well, let me give it a try. So I asked my trainers. They were like, Oh yeah, you're doing good. You can be a wrestler. And then just, you know, I was like, well, we'll see how this goes, but I'm probably not going to, do too well at this because i'm like super small and skinny and just like over time just seeing people like support me and help me get to this level and having the support from you know our friends and family and the fans everybody and just having these opportunities to do the tokyo no massacre garden cork and hall and even recently going to alaska to wrestle like i think that would be a possibility you know um how how has the alaskan scene just blown up that's amazing to me it's awesome man they're like every few months we're gonna go to alaska (laughs) it was like i mean there was like no there was really no scene here there was like one like really small company before before wrestle pro like started Mm -hmm. wrestle pro alaska there was like really nothing here like there wasn't even a a wrestling school here and like the 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 only wrestling school in alaska start two months after wrestle pro alaska started going there regularly um and like when they first started they had like four students and that was like two years ago and we just I, I was just there a few days ago uh, um, and they they now have like close to 30 students and like the scene yeah, is starting yeah. to boom in. They're doing monthly shows. Uh, WrestlePro is going there every few months doing these huge shows, drawing great crowds. Uh, I won the first like WrestlePro Alaska tag titles with LSD. Like it's man, it's 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 amazing out there. I, I, I really love it out there. And it's cool to see like like the the students they have there and like their crew like they look. Like when WrestlePro comes, like every like few months, like that's like their like uh what's the word? Like their WrestleMania. They're like, all right, everything's dropped. 
we're hyped. Like these, we're gonna we're gonna do shows. And the students are wrestling shows, and that's what they look forward to. And it's so awesome to kind of see them get that opportunity, like on the bigger stage, being like in the shows, being like live streaming, and people like around the world getting to see what they're they've done. And they're just, I like that they're when, especially when like people like myself and like you know like Jay Lethal with their last tour and like a bunch of other people uh, that have been in it for a long number of years. They, they like get a good array they, of people they, on those shows. Yeah. Yeah, they and all all the students are picking our brains. Like they're asking questions. They like they just they just want to get better, and they're so hungry for this. That I think that's so cool to see because like in America, not America. I, I keep saying that when I was in Alaska. I was like in America, like in the mainland, like the lower forty eight. Like we have so many opportunity here, so yeah. many uh, wrestling schools. Like, but that's like all they have. For us. I think it's cool, like how grateful they are for that. You mentioned LSG, a guy that you faced recently in a pure rules match. <laughs> I love the pure rules division. Uh, you know, for for even just the reason of people who might know you just as cheeseburger and might typecast you a certain way, they see you in a pure rules match and they're like, oh, damn, look what he could do. Mike Bennett's a good example, too. A lot of people typecast him for the, the way that he would wrestle in Impact or WWE. And then he gets in there with Gresham and people are like, oh, damn, yeah. didn't know he could yep. do that. And it's it's such a unique – it's like, it's like familiar but new. And yeah. uh, I, I love that. I think I saw an indie show that promoted a Pure Rules match recently as well. I would love to see that. I would love to see more of that, like indie promotions picking that up and being like, yeah, let, let's ride this wave. I love that, that you – have been working these pure rules matches with regularity lately. What went into that? Like, was it something that you went to them and said, I want to do this? Or did they come to you and say, yeah, let's have you work in some pure rules matches in 2021. Uh, it was kind of one of those things where like me and my boss were on the same page. Uh, Cause that was what I was like really pushing for. Uh, especially before lockdown, we we're having the, the pure, the first pure tournament that was supposed to happen. I got yeah. shut down. Uh, I was really pushing to be in that. And like, um, and that was when I still cheeseburger before I even made the jump. But I, I was like, pure rules are coming back. Like, this is what I need to do. Like, I know this is what I need to do. This is like what I have been waiting for. Like, I didn't know it, but this is what I was waiting for. Because like, uh, like I was saying before, the first thing that I really picked up in wrestling school was chain wrestling and just like piecing holes together and transitions. That was always the the thing that came easiest to me. Like, I just like for some reason I just knew I knew like the transitions like once I like got them like I had them like I knew like how to flow different holds together and I was always like studying different things and just trying different things in training that was and like when the pure rolls were coming back I was like all right this is what I know I was here to do like I can I can do this style like this is what and this is this is my opportunity to show people that cheeseburger can wrestle and then obviously that that pandemic happened uh yeah. i changed more famous cb but it ended up working out even better because like right when i come back i'm right in the pure division like first time they see me it's i'm back new gear new look new character i'm against tracy williams and i get complete to reinvention go at it. right just get to go out and show people like hey you haven't seen me for eight months here's what i've been working on and just put myself out there as a pure wrestler and i think people are really people are really starting to dig in i think i'm really starting to show people that like hey like I'm not just a guy that is a funny gimmick that gets beat up all the time. Like I am like a great technical wrestler and I know how I can wrestle with all the best technical wrestlers in the world. I mean, you're, you're not even 30 yet and you've been at it for over a decade. So I mean, like that, that's, that's rarefied air. And I mean, 
today, wrestling, I mean, you're seeing wrestlers hit their prime in their late 30s. So yep. it's it's like if you're this good now, how good are you going to be in another 10 years because you never stop learning? And uh, like you had said, I, I feel like it was almost like one of those happy accents. Nothing about the pandemic is happy, but yeah. you, you came back. The pure rules were, were there. I, I felt like for you doing sort of the rebranding, the renaming, I felt like this was, I don't want to say best possible scenario, case scenario because of the pandemic, but it fit all so well that it happened simultaneously. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It was just like, hey, I'm um... – here and I'm here sitting for however I like none of us had any idea how long this was going to last you know obviously it's still going on um but we didn't know like when Ring of Honor was going to come back or when indie wrestling was even going to come back and it was one of those things where it was like all right well this could be either like four weeks like they said or this could be probably the whole year um you remember that when we were supposed to be out of this in, like four weeks <laughs> like initially at the, uh, at the start um, we, we were all yeah. like yeah we'll be yeah. fine when it warms up and summer's here <laughs> Yeah, Oops. it was like, oh, it would just wait till summer. We'd be good. Um, but uh, it was like, I could either sit around and just kind of wait for this to end, or I can, like, you know, get in the gym. I started getting in the shape, started putting on some size, started uh, trying to get some muscle. Uh, and I can, I started uh, just really like dialing in on like what I wanted to be as a wrestler and, and really focus on what I wanted to be as a character, as a wrestler, like in ring, out of the ring, how I talk, like how I look, everything. I really had a chance to just like take a step back and dial that in. And I think. I I feel like I utilized my time during that lockdown very effectively to produce world famous CB. That that's another thing about the pandemic. We'd see guys like you. Well, we wouldn't see guys like you or Jordan Oliver for months, and you come yeah. back and it's like, and they got bigger. Yeah, <laughs> got, got yeah, yeah. yeah Jordan put a lot of size in the pandemic. Too. Yeah, because it like it's one thing to see somebody every single week, and it takes you longer to notice. But when you don't see them for four or five months, it's like, well, damn, you can tell they put time in the gym. Uh, so it, I mean, it, it was like, oh, sorry, go ahead. no, go ahead. It, it was like that one. Uh, I remember at one point, like, just seeing Gresham, I was like, Gresham got like really big, like, <laughs> yeah, Gresham got like jacked because we would see him all the time. It was like, it just like kind of popped up out of nowhere. It's like, when did Gresham get like, everyone's like, when did Gresham get like so like jacked? He's built like a fire hydrant, man. Like, if, dude, you, if you run into him, I, you're gonna fall down. I, I mess with him all the time. Like, if you, like, you'll see him walking. I'm like, all right, everybody clear a path for Gresham. Like, he's walking. He, just, he gets so bad. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, why? He's just like, why? And he's like, all right, we've got a clear path. For I, I just like to imagine him and Jordan just shoulder blocking each other from opposite sides of the room and being like, oh, which, which one of y'all are going to fall down? Like, they have like a home gym now. It's just like, they just work out all the time. Could you imagine uh, the workouts in that house? God. Jeez, oh, man. man. The deadlifting Jeez. that goes on in there. Yeah. Unreal. Man. So, so when you you've been associated with a company like Ring of Honor for ten years, but you're still you're still super active on the indie scene. You're all over the place. You're working you're working GCW against uh, probably the greatest worker in the world, Nasty Leroy. Uh, you know. Oh man, are we, are we, do we have a section to talk? Are we going to talk about Nasty Leroy? Yeah, of course we are. Because one of the questions when I solicited. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you about recruiting talent for Ring of Honor, but uh, when are you going to put some respect on Nasty Leroy's chops? When's that going to happen? Never. So I mean, never. He rematch, but no, his his chops were fine. He told me he has Eddie Kingston chops, and I've been look. You think I that until he goes full but... Nia Jax on you next time? <laughs> I I've been chopped by some of the hardest choppers in wrestling. I've been chopped by Roger Strong. I've been chopped by uh, Haku. I've been chopped by like Kojima. Like. 
So why are you Matthew mentioning Leroy. them when you just got chopped by Nasty no. Leroy? Why, why is Leroy Haku? Is not on that level. No. Why is Haku even in the conversation right now? That's disrespectful no. to Leroy. He will, he will not get any respect on his job. I, I told him I respected him as a competitor. And I had, we had a great match and a hard-fought match. But he wanted me to say I respect his job, so I refuse to. Nope. He's going to rip somebody's eyeballs out, and nobody's going to talk about Haku anymore. We're, we're, we have a, we have a, I think we're supposed to be on Twitter trial at some point. I forget how the Oh, really? We're supposed to, yeah, we're supposed to, uh, 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 we're supposed to go on trial. I think Smiley posted the graphics and Tom Customs. And you yeah, know, it's, I mean, here's the thing. Those trials trend, trend number one on Twitter, like not in the wrestling category, in the general category. So, yeah, uh, that was wild. You're going to be under yeah. a microscope. Um, that was that was a special night in the history. Holy of Twitter. crap, man! I just I just remember like that was like I was like, man, just for like one night, like the entire wrestling community somehow just got united. Like you know, <laughs> yes. uh, it didn't matter like who you were, where you were, like skin color, like like religion, like politics, all that. We were all just united, enjoying this nonsense this hilarious but awesome nonsense but it was it was, it was fun nonsense it uh, was fun nonsense and, and like you know and there's just like you know like the new day were in there like Dilo brown was in there I'm big like, swole like, was honestly. at work she was at yeah, she the was tapings at <laughs> she was <laughs> at aw backstage you could hear the pa in the background <laughs> oh, oh my man. god unreal unreal that was a special night <laughs> that was a very special night so I was mentioning, like, you are still active outside of Ring of Honor. Are you, like, doing any scouting? Are you – if you see somebody, are you, like, going back to anybody at ROH saying, like, man, this, this person's worth us taking a look at? Because, I mean, I, I, mean, I know you worked uh, Wheeler Yuta in Ring of Honor, and that, that guy has been in crazy demand over the last six months. Like, are, are you taking a look at any of these people? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not officially, but, yeah, I'll, I'll come back and say, like, Hey, like this dude's like really good. Like we should, we need this person. You know, of course, no one ever listens to me until it's too late. But, but, but I'm like, hey, you know, like, uh, like, hey, just leave where are you guys? Really awesome. Let's really book them. And we, uh, and that was like a case of like we they we, tried, we tried a few times. Yeah, yeah. So that was just bad luck. But um, like even like Yuda is a guy like uh, you know, a big fan of, and he would, like transferred to him like, hey, like this dude's like awesome. Like you know, take a look at him. And then like. He had a bunch of other people like vouching for him too, up front, understand, which led to him being in the pure tournament. And um, yeah, but there's a bunch of people, especially like um, if I have someone like at the dojo that's like really talented, like you know, like uh, Matt Mikowski trains with us now, and I like I really want him in Ring of Honor. Like he fits the pure rule style like perfectly. Like he would be like he just he would be awesome for us. And so like you know, but again, no one listens to me, so it's okay. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, anytime I speak with people from Ring of Honor, I talk about this meeting that I had heard about so much. It was before the pandemic. It might have even been like late 2019. I haven't pinpointed the date. But I think it really – I thought it really exemplified a new direction for Ring of Honor in them, especially listening to their talent. Because from what I heard, they flew all you guys into headquarters. They said, what can oh, we change? Oh, the summit. Yeah. They, they said, what yeah. can we change? What should we change? And I constantly had people saying, like, this was a turning point. They really started to listen. Like, they changed catering. They changed all kinds of stuff. What do you remember about that meeting? Because it seemed like th- there was some real high-level stuff going on, and they're like, you know what? These creative people might have some ideas in their brains that might work out pretty good for our brand. 
No, yeah, that was great. That was the, yeah, that was um like December 2019 or like November 2019, like right before uh, final battle that year. And they had just like, hey, like, hey, we're doing this talent summit in Baltimore. And um, uh, people who are local, we uh, we drove over and then like they flew in the, like pretty much the, the entire roster because that allowed them to also do like some free tapes for final battle as well, like the next yeah. day. So it ended up just all kind of like working out. Um, but yeah, we, the whole roster was sat in like a, at the Sinclair headquarters and we all were in the a room and they gave everybody a chance to, if people want to come up and just talk about either ideas they had or just like kind of just their feelings on Ring of Honor as a whole, you know, cause this was like at that period where like, you know, you know, unfortunate to say it was kind of like a down, like a down period for us, like a real down period, like after uh, like the elite and everything left and AEW is kind of forming and getting real hot and like uh, things were just kind of like at a, a rough patch for us. Like I said, I've been, been here for like past 10 years i've seen so many rough patches for us and we've always pulled through so it was just kind of a one of those things but it, it felt really good to have everybody there and get a chance to talk like there was literally like a giant whiteboard of yeah. writing out everybody's ideas just kind of filtering through them and you know like again, like even one of the big ideas was catering and uh, like that next month uh, at final battle in baltimore we had this amazing like catering spread it was awesome uh actually we had uh fun fact we had like two catering things they had the ring of honor one and also mark briscoe and his wife made deer chili for everybody oh and was, i've yeah, never had yeah. deer chili dude it was dude it was it was good it was really like mark briscoe he had been telling us like a few months he's like oh yeah i got this deer like i'm gonna make deer chili for the battle we're like all right okay cool he brought it brought a whole crock pot and with his wife they uh you know it was dude it was tremendous oh, absolutely I'm, tremendous i'm not a hunter but i live in kentucky and i can tell you when somebody kills a deer they are all too excited to share it with literally everybody they know like <laughs> wait you live in kentucky wait, you live in kentucky middle of nowhere yeah for, i don't know for some reason i thought you lived in florida for some reason, but i feel like everybody uh, lives in florida well uh, yeah yeah i mean it's a nightmare down there but yeah i live in between cincinnati yeah. and lexington hopefully pretty wow, soon okay. it's just lexington but yeah uh but yeah i mean when when somebody out here kills a deer <laughs> They're like, who can I share this with? <laughs> yeah, they're very yeah, he, proud of that. It was, dude. It was him and his wife. Like, they made that deer chili. It was, it was fantastic. So, the, oh. the catering was good, but the, uh, I, I give the edge to the Mark Briscoe deer chili. And uh, I mean, I think ROA should be commended with how they handled the pandemic. Uh, they, oh yeah. They, I mean, oh, yeah. it's still not safe, quote unquote. But they, they waited a lot longer than a lot of other people did. They took all kinds of precautions and preventative measures. I mean, there were some big matches on pay-per-view that unfortunately had to be delayed. Like EC3 and Jay Briscoe was a match I was very excited for. And they were like, you know, we could probably skate by. We could probably get away with a lot of yeah. this stuff like a lot of other places did. But they didn't. And they it's it showed, I thought, a, a really good – it was a really good indication that they cared about you guys. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, 100%. Like, they they – way as long as possible and they they formed a like they they worked with the commission of Maryland just formed a plan and had like like hey we're going to do the bubble this is how we're going to do it here are precautions here's how testing is going to work here's how scheduling is going to work here's how things are going to work with the arena here's how setup's going to work like they had everything so planned and figured out just to keep us uh safe and like that was you know like that was just incredibly awesome and it ended up working out and i think like like we like with the, how we set up our arena and how we presented the, especially the pure tournament, how we presented it, like very um, more sports oriented. I thought like in terms of no fans, like tapings, I thought we were doing some of the best, like in wrestling. I thought we just like, we figured out a way to kind of like shoot it and make and keep the energy up um, while not drawing to, the, uh, not drawing attention to the fact that there's no fan noise.
space and there's no crowd there to hype it up. I thought we, we had a really good, I thought we did a really good job of like presenting that. And yeah, they, they did a, they did an awesome job. Like I'm really happy that they took those precautions and like, you know, I would talk to like people in like other companies and they would be like, Oh, like they're just doing that to like safe face. And they're just like, you know, they don't need to do all that. It's because of safety. I'm like, no, man, like, like they're, they're doing this to, they're working with the commission. They're trying to make this as safe as possible. And then like, you know, like, I hate to say it, but we're like, we're, as far as I'm aware, we're one of, if not the only company that, that didn't have at least like one major outbreak, like yeah. during the whole pandemic. I, I think that ROH and MLW did the best at handling yeah. that stuff. Like, like they were the safest without a doubt. So, I, I mean, I, I spoke to Jonathan Gresham recently and he has talked to me about like his contract re-signings, all that. Like, are you under a full-time deal? I know LSG wasn't signed at one point. I don't know if he still is unsigned. Because I noticed you take a lot of indie dates as well. So they have, like, it's kind of like two tiers. It's, like, kind of, like, mm-hmm. the salary kind of, like, exclusive, like, hey, you can't take indie bookings. Or though, although I think now they're, like, especially with the pandemic, I think they've gotten a little bit more relaxed on that. Where, like, sure. like people, like, say, like, Gresham and, like, Shane Taylor are starting to kind of do more bookings and kind of, like, take their belts around like different indies as well. Um, and then there's kind of like the more per appearance side of things where mm-hmm. it's like, all right, you're per appearance, but you can also, you're kind of have free reign to kind of go make money on the indies as well. So I'm in like that, that latter tier right now. So, I mean, he has said, he's like, man, I, I can't see myself going anywhere else. Like how, how are you feeling about your future? What kind of goals do you have within ring of honor or maybe even outside? Yeah, I, I I have been here for so long and I've seen so many different changes, but I I love the vibe here. Like I it's it's kinda weird. I, I guess in a way though, it's good and it's good and bad because I have like kind of like that bubble mentality where like man, I, I, I started working in this company like so young and I literally have grown up here. Like I've yeah. grown up here from a teenager to like an adult now. And I haven't had that experience of like all right, I have to go kind of like, like say I do like a W tryout or like go work for like other places or like kind of like try and like get my foot in the door other places. It's like, oh, the Ring of War has always been here and been the constant. So like, you know, I, this is why I consider home right now. And like, I, I love it here. Like, I love the vibe. Like, I love the people I work with. I love the locker room. Like, it's just like, this is just a family I've grown up with for the last few years. And there's been, you know, some uh, additions and subtractions, but I, I always love like the vibe we have in the locker room. So like I currently, like I'm, I'm happy here. I'm, I like, I enjoy ring of honor. There's still so much I want to do here. Yeah. Uh, I still want to, you know, I want to win a title here. I want to like keep moving up the car. Like I, I want to, if I do leave ring of honor at some point, I don't want to just be a guy that was just like, Oh, he was here for a bit. And it's kind of like left. I want to sure. be someone that has my name in that like history book in some capacity uh, for ring of honor, whether, whether it's like being the first time ever to like do something or like, uh, a champion or whatever it may be. I mentioned Tokyo Dome and MSG. Uh, the I think it's the now arena now, the former Sears Center arena. It's another one you, you worked. Oh, yeah. You did, you did it all in. Uh, yeah. That was, oh, yeah. And I, I know that was, quite frankly, ROH had an awful lot to do with that show. Right. Uh, but what's it like knowing that this show, quite frankly, it did change wrestling. You're getting the call for that, too. I mean... You're you're in there with just this eclectic group of entertainers <laughs> and wrestlers. It was it looked like it was a blast. It was man, that was holy crap, man, that was wild. I I think we all kind of had the same vibe. Like, hey, something like this is something like big, right? Like, I, like 
you know, the show sold out in like 10,000 tickets, like 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, we were all like, holy crap. And then like, just, we were like, just as we were in that, we were like something, this is game changing for wrestling, but we didn't know like to what level it was. Like we knew like, we like, you know, obviously like that was way before like AEW became a thing, but we knew like something's evolving in wrestling. Like there's something like going on in wrestling that's changing and evolving. And I think everyone on that show like felt that. And that, that was special, man. That was a, uh, that was that was awesome, man. We got that we got that Cracker Barrel catering too. That was pretty awesome. Uh, did you did you see that uh, the tweet I wrote the Ray Mysterio story I wrote from All In like a while back? No, I didn't. Please tell uh, me this. It was um uh, see that main event they did that like incredible main event they pulled off in like eight minutes somehow that saved the pay per view. Um, the if you watch that, I think the the full match is up on like ROH's YouTube, but like uh like because you know obviously the show's like very pressed for time so it's like all right we gotta go we gotta go like we only have like 10 minutes to pull this main event off um so if you watch the entrances uh ray mysterio's music starts playing and like everything's like discombobulated because like yeah again there's like so they're they're very short on time so they're like they're waiting for ray like phoenix and mandito but phoenix and mandito they just have to go out without ray while ray's music playing because like what happened backstage is like Ray, like, he was, like, sitting backstage, and they're like, yo, we gotta go, we gotta go. So Ray starts, like, running. You know, the, the arena's, like, huge. He starts running across the arena. He forgets his mask in the locker room. He stops and has to go start around. Like, somehow Ray Mysterio, of all people, forgot to bring his mask as he's running to Gorilla. He just has to turn. He sprints back, grabs his mask, comes back, sprints to Gorilla, has to pin it has to tie it, and comes out the curtain. Like, he, he did, like, three wind sprints back and forth before he even ran out to the ring. Oh my Dude, god! It was wow. He was just racing across the arena. I'm, I'm like, how did Ray Mysterio of all people forget his mask? That is unreal. And I mean, yeah. that that show was already short on time anyway. <laughs> yeah. So so Ray's entrance ended up being like five minutes because like it, like they're basically Manito are waiting and they just go out and they go out and they're like a minute later Ray finally comes out. <laughs> unreal because i remember the the okada marty match like everybody was like man that went way way over and then this happened oh no damn yeah 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 going over time it was uh so i mean wrestling though obviously that was the catalyst for aew and you we've seen all the forbidden door stuff we've seen all that but we haven't necessarily seen roh get involved as much but they have shown that they are willing to work with other companies in the past and it was actually, I think it was probably late 2019, early 2020. It was somebody from Ring of Honor that like told me on the low. They were like, these companies get along a lot better than you would realize. And right. I couldn't have possibly fathomed how it is now. But I mean, <laughs> I think we're looking at 2022. If like AEW and Impact and ROH and New Japan and any one of these Mexican promotions run a show together, I think they're selling out 40, 50,000 seats. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, what what do you look at as the possibilities of this being a guy that has navigated those political waters an awful lot between companies? I uh, man, like I just feel like the more people in wrestling can work together, like the better it is. Especially you know going up against like uh, a giant like WWE, you know, like just the more like all of us can like it doesn't have to be like hey like a full thing, but even just like a little like dip here and there like you know one person from here goes here one person from there goes there you know one person here you know maybe one person here wins a belt here and defends it around these other companies like i just think that's better and healthy for wrestling uh i think at the start they're probably like a little like hard feelings but now i think it's just kind of like all like i think it's kind of like very um that was where i'm looking for Uh, just like there's like i think there's like that that like 
animosity towards at the very beginning. Um, I think, uh, and I, I do think like if the right person kind of made that approach, like Ring of Honor, sure. AEW and all these other companies could like possibly work together. I think it just takes the right person kind of making the right argument and talking yeah. to the right people on the, on the right day when they're in the right mindset. Uh, and I think, you know, things can just progress from there. But man, I would, I would love if we could work together at some of these other companies. Like I miss like, man, I, I just miss working with like all my friends that like had like the old left, like with the AW and sure. like people that I know that like, like, you know, I, I love having Yuda around in like the Ring of Honor locker room, but now he's got AW and I, like, you know, miss having him around. Like, so just getting a chance to like work with all these people that like, uh, you know, I like being around will be fantastic. You that's, never... that's my selfish reason for wanting to open the forbidden door, wanting to work with all my friends again. <laughs> you never know what might be the catalyst. I mean, I know New Japan had some real disdain for Impact, regardless of oh, what yeah. they were. Impact, yeah. TNA, GFW. I had Davey Boy Smith Jr. saying that he asked to work Impact, and they're like, no, Jeff Jarrett screwed us over. And yep. he was oh, like, yeah. he was like, man, he's been gone for years. Yeah. He's like, he's yeah. in WWE now. And that's the real forbidden door, man. Impacting New Japan. That was like a, a real like I know tense relationship for years. I mean, TNA switching their title without even telling, like like the tag titles without even telling New Japan. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> the Okada stuff, there was all kinds of things. Then oh, all of man. a sudden they're like, Hey, yeah, we want Chris Bay to work strong and it's it, it seemed like it opened it opened people up and it yeah. relaxed a lot of people. So it's like but you send a guy like Chris Bay over there, he's going to impress somebody. You never know what the catalyst might be to rebuilding a bridge. And it's a special time in wrestling. And uh, CB, I want to thank you so much. You've given me so much of your time, almost 45 minutes. And this is the first time we've talked on camera, so I had a lot of stuff to ask you about. And I'm going to save some stuff for the next time even. Yeah, we've only, uh, I think we first like started talking just through Janela Zone, I think. Probably. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, uh, see, yeah, I was I was I putting bet. respect on Nasty Leroy's name in the Janela Zone. Oh man, those were the days early pandemic. Joey <laughs> Janela going live like for like three hours every night, starving for content. <laughs> just like, oh man, how can I be entertained? <laughs> I miss those days, man. Just like Janela Zone every day, and then we all were introduced to Nasty Leroy. I'm enjoying that. Joey going live, unreal, man. man. Well, you guys can check out uh, ROH. It's it's so easy to watch their show. You can go over to their website. You can check your lo- local listings. Obviously, Honor Club, a uh, world famous CB. Anything you want to tell the people before we go? Uh, you know, thank thank you everyone for supporting me. Uh, I really appreciate it. Like uh, from cheeseburger to world famous CB, uh, it's been a long journey, a hard journey. Um, but you know, there's so much more I have left to accomplish. So much more I want to accomplish. Uh, whether it's in the ring or like at the trainer, like with my school, like I just want to keep progressing upward and making wrestling better. Guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. CB, thank you so much for all the time. Until next time, guys, we're out.